Yo, 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 yo. Welcome everybody once again to the Back of the Class Podcast. I am your host, Big Ray, a.k.a. The Electric Field. And yes, I am the most electrifying man. I want to thank you all again for rocking with us this week. Whether you're listening to us on the Spotify app, Apple Music, um, SoundCloud, Anchor, or any of the other streaming platforms, I appreciate it. All your comments, I appreciate Negative, positive feedback is always appreciated. It helps me grow as a host. It helps his channel grow as a whole. Um, this is like the millionth time I've restarted this episode. Um, I'm not starting again. We're going to keep rolling. All cameras going. Because um, it's like Gary Vee said, it's not about being perfect. It's just about producing. And so that's what we're doing. We're producing the show every week, every Tuesday, 10 o'clock, for you, the listener, to enjoy with that being said, this week's topic, we starting off with Drake yet again. I know y'all tired of Drake. I'm a little tired of it myself. Even with that freestyle he did, where, you know, I don't go tic-tac-toe. I just go, I just pull up in tac-tac-tac. That was a little tight, even though he was uh, shooting at Kanye again. That's, that freestyle was cool. But this is, um, I want to talk about how he got the title for his album, Scorpion. Now, if that's his Zodiac, then I'm all wrong. But... I think he got the title for his album because of the fable of the scorpion. What's the fable of the scorpion? I'll tell you. Um, I learned the fable from watching this anime called Megalobox. Megalobox is a boxing anime with fighters uh, competing in the ring with like mechanical arms attached to them. Three minute rounds, unlimited uh, rounds. Just whoever gets knocked out. Whoever, not, whoever knocks out the person out is a winner. <coughs> well, in the show, and there's an underdog and a trainer, and they owe this loan shark some money. So they tell the loan shark, "Yo, we can uh, we can enter this tournament, get you your money." He's like, "All right, go into the tournament, and get me my money." When well, the loan shark tells the trainer on the low, "Hey, when y'all get to the tournament, I need you. Uh, when the when the big moment comes, I need y'all to throw the fight. That way, we can make more money off of you." And he's like, "Crap, I guess if we have to, we'll do it." So the time comes. For uh, them to throw the fight, and the low shark tells the trainer like, "Yo, tell the kid it's time to throw the fight." And he's, the trainer's like, "No, nah, I'm not gonna do that. You know, we've worked so hard. He's come so far." And the, the long shark like, "Yo, you're a scorpion. You're gonna do it." And the trainer's like, "What do you mean?" So he tells the the fable of the scorpion, and the fable goes, "A scorpion needs to cross the river, but the scorpion can't swim." So he tells he asks the toad, "Can you ride his back while he crosses the river?" The toad's like, "No." Nah, because you're a scorpion and you're going to sting me. And the scorpion's like, I'm not going to sting you. If I sting you, you'll drown. And I don't want to drown. And so, the toad's like, you know what? You're right. Let's do this. Let's go across the river. So, they're making their way across the river. And they get about halfway there. And the scorpion stings the toad. And the toad's like, yo, why did you sting me? And the scorpion goes, it's in my nature. And that's the fable of the scorpion. Scorpions are always going to do what scorpions do. Scorpions sting. Scorpions cause damage to other people. Now, if, if you apply that to the title of Drake's album and you, you know, take the whole project as a whole, Drake's just saying, listen, I'm a scorpion. I need for y'all to listen and, you know, come with me on this journey as I try to become a better person. But I'm still end up being a scorpion. And that's kind of... And he kind of, he, he, that, that's it. That's, that's, I just assume Drake's a scorpion. He's going to, you know, be a, a scorpion regardless as to 
how he tries to flip it into the, you know, I'm a good person. I'm trying to hide my kid from the world, my, you know, that kind of stuff. But that's it. I was just, I, I wondered if that had anything to do with it. That was not one of the things I written down. I had just finished watching Megalobox the other day. And um, <clears throat> I wonder if I was the only one that thought that that, that got the correlation. Because um, I enjoyed Megalobox. It was good. The ending was kind of whack. Like uh, the underdog and the champion are going at it. Just boxing, boxing, boxing. And then all of a sudden it cuts. And the champion's in a wheelchair. And the kid is, the underdog is riding a motorcycle. Like, what? Who won? But another uh, controversial, well, not controversial, just a heated topic that's been going on over the last week is, is your girl Kylie Jenner being uh, Forbes' richest uh, female and youngest richest person ever with a um, network of almost $900 million. And when I read that, I was like, huh, that's, that's a lot of money. That's a little, that's a little, that's a little crazy. And as I was reading through, reading through it and, you know, learn, uh, read comments around it, everybody's like, she's not self-made. She, uh, she's just as much of a self-made millionaire as Trump is who got a loan from her, his dad and that kind of stuff. And this is ridiculous saying she's a self-made millionaire is, um, is why people look down at poor people like, why can't you become a millionaire? And I don't think that those narratives correlate. Like, yeah, Kylie, so for the last 10 years, has been on Keeping Up With The Kardashians. But that's still her job. Her job is to act on TV. So regardless as to how you feel about her not being a real... Um, having any real talent or anything. Her job is to act and be pretty. And she leveraged that ability into making her $900 million. Like, what she does is, like, I read the article for wrote, and what it is is she just sells her makeup. Like, she built her makeup company, what, like, two, three years ago, and she sells it. And that's where her money came from. It didn't come from, uh, I mean, most of it, I mean, some of it came from, like, endorsement deals and you know being on the show but a lot of it comes from the fact that she owns a hundred percent of her makeup company like most people own you know 45 percent 50 percent you know they they're in it with somebody else she owns a hundred percent of her makeup company and her makeup is like i think well i think they said one tube of lipstick is like thirty dollars and like you get the kit for 63 and all she does is she just leverages her social media following. She has like over 110 million on Instagram. That's like 110 million people who follow her on Instagram. And then that's, you know, another 25 million on Twitter, you know, some other obscene million on, on Snapchat. But all she's doing is leveraging her fans to buy this product that she is making herself. You know, not like not like she's in the lab, you know, molding lipsticks. You know, she outsources that. You know, outsources the actual production of it, and uh, uh, she uses like Shopify to, uh, as a website to sell it and that kind of stuff. But she basically she she just you know post pictures go. I'm using the Kylie Lips Number Four, 
and this picture. And that picture gets millions of, you know, likes and the people who want to buy that that particular brand of uh, whatever she's selling, her, her lipstick she's selling. And off off rip, you kinda wanna hate on her for being like she should she shouldn't be getting this attention. Um, you know, she's not the reason she's famous, her sister's the reason she's famous and her sister's only famous because her dad's famous. Granted, I'm just I'm off. I should have said this earlier. I've never seen an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Not once in its entirety of running. I've never seen an episode. I'm just aware as to what's going on with them because they're in the media nonstop. And that's that's kind of one of their talents is that they've positioned themselves in the spotlight by being pretty. Are they culture vultures? For the most part, yeah. You know, they've they've risen off the features of black women and the attention of black men. They've risen off of that fact. But what they've done with that is they they've leveraged their own ability to create their own wealth. And so with Kylie, you know, if you have if you sell even if she sold all her lipstick for like a dollar. She sold lipstick for a dollar, and, and if all her fans bought her lipstick, that's still one hundred and ten million dollars off of you know one dollar. And the fact that she sells you know each you know in items individually for like thirty dollars, twenty dollars, or whatever she sells it for, it makes sense that she would have a network of nine hundred million dollars because you know makeup is something that's never gonna go away. Like women are gonna constantly women and men. I'm going to constantly buy makeup from now until whenever. And so, if you're going to buy something, you normally buy it from the most trusted brand. Well, who's the most, you know, you buy from celebrities and attractive people. She's one of the most attractive, you know, celebrities right now. So, it makes sense. Do I agree with it? I don't, honestly, I don't care. Like, I'm broke. I can't afford, I can't afford to buy the lipstick, let alone, you know. Whatever, like for me, I, and <clears throat> the reason the reason I'm talking about it is because it kind of inspires me to create my own brand, and that, and that, that's basically. And now I'm not talking about like I'm going to go out and make my own lipstick or something, but instead of promoting someone else's stuff, you get out and promote your own stuff, and then that you know you leverage your social media. To benefit you as opposed to benefiting the brands or other companies that aren't paying you. Like, I remember listening to an interview a couple years ago with Donald was talking about how he was having this, uh, this, this conversation with Chance. Talking about don't wear brands unless they're paying you for wearing it. And if you notice, for a while, Chance wasn't really wearing... Uh, any like big like any big brand names like you he, he wore a Chicago hat and then like he uh he, he eventually got like a a deal with Lids and, and, and MLB but like if you notice he never really wore uh logos. A lot of big artists don't wear a lot of a lot of big smart artists don't wear brands. Because if you look like at the unfortunately like if you look at like the double XL freshman this year they're all wearing just like Gucci, Ferragamo, Fendi. Like they're self-promoting these brands that aren't giving anything back to them. Like even in the early 90s, 
you know, when you wore Carl Kanai or Tommy Hilfiger, they were given, they were giving back to them. Like they were getting free clothes. They were getting, uh, they were getting endorsement deals. But that's not the, but that's that, but that's normally not how the case goes these days. It's normally like, I wear the, you know, you wear the brand and then maybe the brand will recognize you, you know, that type of thing. But I think. Uh, I'm going to wrap this up on Kylie. Like, I think with her leveraging her social media, that's that's smart. Like, that's how things are sold these days. Like, if each fan buys something for this amount, like, if you have 100 fans and they all buy a t-shirt for $10, that's $1,000. And you can do that once a month. That's $12,000 a year just off selling one t-shirt. Let's say you do two sheet t-shirts and each friend buys a t-shirt. Now that's 24000 a year just off selling two t-shirts. And she's doing that um, every season with a new line of makeup for $30 selling to over 150 million people. Don't hate the play, I hate the game. <clears throat> That's all I got on that. Uh, moving forward, talking about my boy Donald. He uh, he dropped two two uh, summer hits, you know, called the Summer Pack, uh, Summer Madness, and Summer Magic. I think either one. I've had I've had Summer Madness on repeat. Just been dancing around the house with no socks on, uh, just feeling the feeling the AC because I'm not going outside. It's disrespectfully hot outside right now. Like there's no reason for it to be 103 degrees. And you be outside just for the heck of it. No. There's no reason for that. We invented inside for a reason. Thank the black man for inventing air conditioning because that's who did it. Uh, but now, but with that, he also, um, he's got like these little pop-ups happening throughout the, for the next couple months. Uh, like every other weekend or something like that. Where he's like just giving away ice cream. His ice cream truck playing his music. Give away ice cream with a little Snapchat filter. Just being a being a beacon of light in the darkness that is uh, twenty eighteen. <laughs> like who doesn't want free ice cream? Who doesn't want childish Gambino music? You can't go wrong with either. I'd like the two step to 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 summer madness right now with a good with a good old Sonic popsicle or whatever. I think they were just giving a regular clones. Either way. Uh, Love Donald Glover. Uh, I need for Hollywood to not overdose us on Donald right now. I know he's hot. I know. Uh, I know his his name is. You know, you, you mentioned that you're gonna get the clicks. But I need for them to not overdose us on him like they try to do with any uh, black actor that they get. You know, they 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 kind of ran Chadwick Boltman into the ground. You know. He was Thurgood Marshall. Brother's not even light skinned at all. He was Jackie Robinson. He was uh, James Brown. Uh, you know, you they they they, they, they latch onto one actor and run him into the ground. Same thing they did with uh, Michael B. Jordan. You know, he was in the failed Fantastic Four movie, Fruitville Station, uh, Black Panther. Like he, it, it seems like they get one. And they try to use him up as, as quickly as possible. And they're trying to do that with Donald, too. Like, he doesn't... There's no reason for Donald Glover to be Willy Wonka. Because for the last, you know, 40, 50 years, it's been a white dude. And, of course, he's fictitious. But 
I think the idea of he, him being Willy Wonker or Charlie Chocolate Factory, whichever one they go call it, I think it's just it's unnecessary. Uh, I, th- I, I, I don't think it's fair to just try and like, oh, he's kind of quirky. Let's throw him in this now because for a while y'all were off Donald and wasn't nobody really rocking with him. But now Redbone is out and now he's your favorite artist. You know, This Is America's got everybody paying attention to him. Um, going back to Summer Pack, I hope this isn't like, not a hope, but it, it makes me anticipate the album that he has coming out later this year. Like It makes me want it even more. I'm more excited to listen to it. I'm still waiting on the Chance album he has. Uh, Chance said they have like six songs together. Their album is going to be like um, maybe 14 songs. Um, he uh, Chance did also say that he's getting the the Yay Seven Songs rollout, which uh, I'm not really sure how to feel on that. I think Chance. Uh, it really depends on what Chance does with that. Uh, it, it really depends on the headspace that Chance is in. If Chance is gonna, if he's gonna adult Chance, then that might be kind of cool. Because Chance is still young, but for him to have an adult perspective on music right now would be pretty cool. Like, you you know, he just got engaged. You know, he's got his daughter. He's got his, you know, his grown man hat on. I think that would be kind of cool to hear. Uh, hear how he is dealing with life. Also, uh, with him getting engaged, some of y'all whack. Like, I don't know what, uh, I don't know what y'all expected Chance to do. Like, for him to propose at the barbecue like that, I feel like that was that's right up Chance's alley. You know, of course, like he said, like y- y'all don't know the the reasoning behind why I chose where I chose, and y'all don't, uh, you know, y'all don't know all the facts. And for y- if y'all to downplay his uh, engagement, I feel that's I feel like that's real way. Like. Y'all, to me, this generation of this generation, the next generation of couples, people falling in love, is spoiled. Like you in high school, y'all do the whole prom poses and the homecoming proposals and all this theatrics on, on an arbitrary event in school, and that whenever it comes time for you to get married, like you, like you gonna have to stop the world in order to propose to some of these people because, like. They've just been spoiled and, and desensitized to the the act of proposing. Like, there's no reason why I should have to rally the entire school for you to say, "Hey, you want to go to homecoming with me?" It's, it, especially if we're already dating. Like, that's a given. Like, I'm buying our tickets. We're going to homecoming. I'm buying our tickets. We're going to prom. Like, to bend over backwards just to get you to go to this dance that we're not gonna remember in seventeen. You know, it's in seven weeks. It's ridiculous. So y'all, you know, it devalues the actual proposal of, of marriage. Like that's the big thing. That's the that's where you actually show. Um, what am I saying? Y'all trip. <laughs> that's basically it. That's what. I, that's, that's all I have on on chance his proposal and y'all's take on what love should or is not like. I don't, you know, most of y'all don't, can't even spell love, but I'm off that. Uh, back to Donald. 
Uh, him and Atlanta have over 16 nominations. I think that's crazy. That's amazing. Um, I love Atlanta. I think it's one of the smartest, weirdest, most creative shows to happen on TV in like the last 10 years. Um, I miss, I ain't gonna lie, I miss like half the season. I just, I don't have cable, but I was watching at my brother's house. And, but the shows, the episodes I did see were all amazing. Alligator Man was amazing. The weird Michael Jackson like episode was crazy. I really liked the episode uh, where him and Van are at like the Polish event. And they have to, they play a, a game of ping pong for their love. Uh, like kind of like love of basketball, which I've never seen. I think that, I think I lose black points every time I say that. But they play the game of ping pong for their love and their relationship, and Ern loses obviously because that's Ern. That's Ern's character. But I like that that an arbitrary game can determine your entire life, and that even in that show, uh, even in that particular episode. Uh, it shows how hard relationships are because even when you don't want to do something, you should put forth the effort for your significant other because they're important to you. So you need to make sure that their actions, their interests are important to you as well. Uh, the episode where they went to the college it was dope. The pajama jam party. I especially like when, uh, was it Stacy? Just stole on doing they all took off running. Got that stuff thrown out the weird girl's apartment. I don't know. Atlanta's great. <clears throat> There's not many shows like Atlanta. Uh, I'm glad that it's out. Um, let me see what else I got on here. What else is on my docket? Uh, Rolling Papers 2 came out. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Wiz. I enjoy like I enjoy hearing his singles. Uh, with this one, uh, I wasn't really... I really I wasn't really feeling this one. It said it was like a little repetitive. Uh, it was long too. I did like the gin and juice with problem. I did like that one. I did like that cutoff of there. I like the uh, the Gucci Mane song he has the 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 song he has with Ty Dolla Signs. I thought I liked those three, but like overall the album was long. I wasn't really feeling it. Uh, I probably won't have to. I probably won't listen to it again. I listened to it a few times just so I could have a uh, a clear uh, appreciation for the album. Uh, it's just not. I might throw it on at some point as like background noise, but I'm not actively trying to just like bump that new wheels as I'm driving down the street. Um, another thing, you boy. Uh, Another Pittsburgh native, Mac Millie, put out two songs. He put them out the same day that Ariana Grande put out her music. If y'all don't know, they used to date. And everybody tried to come from Mac talking about Ariana's ex put out some music that nobody's going to listen to. And then Mac's uh, fans were like, Mac didn't make Frickle Frack Park to be addressed as Ariana's ex. And so it's just a lot of petty. And that's one thing I'm just not, I'm not here for. Like, if a relationship is over... Let the let the let your significant other let your ex live their life. Like I don't know what what y'all are doing in your relationships to where you feel it's necessary to always dig at your ex or dig at you know someone's ex or you're always 
feel like you have to be doing better than them. That's just ridiculous. Live your life. Stop worrying about theirs. Live your life. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. As best as you can. Uh, both songs were alright. Uh, Max and another one I'm not really just like checking for. But I appreciate his music. And I grew up listening to it. Um, go back to the ESPYs. I don't really pay attention to the ESPYs. I don't, I don't know anything about it. I don't know. Uh, not ESPYs, Emmys. ESPYs is uh, sports. I don't really know much about the Emmys. I just know uh, what it can be, they'll say. Tell all you niggas I'm in it to win it because having an Emmy just wasn't enough. You can slop me drunk. I stay whiskey neat. My clicks should be canceled. Freaks and geeks. That's all I already know about him. Is you get him from being on TV. That's about it. He got one for Community. Community was awesome. But uh, I actively avoid watching certain like certain uh, TV shows just because I don't want to fall into the hype. Like I've yet to watch The Office. I tried to watch Parks and Rec. People keep telling me to get it, get into it. I'm just like, ah. I don't want to follow to the hype. I don't want to... Because, like, Game of Thrones has, like, 22 nominations. I'm never going to watch a Game of Thrones. It was over at the homie's house one time. And, like, I wasn't really paying attention. I looked up and, like, dude was chained to, like, a rock bed and was being raped. I'm like, what is this? Like, why, why are we watching this? Put Martin on. I'm not trying to watch that foolishness. It doesn't make sense. But, uh... One thing I did think was cool was that uh, Netflix beats out Emmy, uh, beat out the HBO and uh, Emmy nomination. And the reason why I think that's dope is because Netflix is like the independent creative uh, source. Like they they put out their own content like every day. It seems like like <clears throat> so they walk around the office and go, "Hey John, you got a good idea? Yeah, I got a good idea. All right, let's make it into a movie." Until so they make the movie that John says. And now it's on Netflix. With HBO, it's like they got to vet stuff. They have to uh, go through this legal process. And then they might make John's show. With Netflix, it seems like John has an idea. Let's make it into a movie. And now it's up. Because, and I I think that's dope because I I feel like that's how it should be. You should be able to make, uh, I'm not just saying Netflix just does that willy-nilly. But I think that you should, um. I think that it's a it's giving another leg up for creatives and opportunists to make their own uh, own form of media as opposed to waiting for the gatekeepers over at uh, HBO or, or these other big premium channels. <clears throat> uh, I think that's it. Like, I really feel like it was it was a slow week. I mean, I missed a lot of stuff. I don't watch Power, so I don't know what's going on with Power. Uh, LeBron. Oh, so LeBron's mural over in L.A. was defaced. Just like it was defaced at first. They fixed it. Then went through and just destroyed it. And I think that's just tasteless. Like, that's, that's, I don't, I don't understand the, 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 the reason behind the disrespect. Like, they're, they're really trying to. You know, invite him into the city, and they're actively rejecting against him joining. Which I could understand. You know, it seems like he's just there for the cash grab and for the culture. He's not really there for the team. But you want, as a city, to invite 
the biggest player in the world. You know, give them some kind of comfort. Make them want to stay on the team. And then you go into face this mural that was put up for him. You know, destroying somebody's work, essentially. Like, somebody spent hours and days doing that. And you come with a white paintbrush, like spit in Beach Street and just destroying somebody's work. I'm sure nobody caught that reference. Beach Street is an old movie from the 80s where, uh, you know, graffiti artists and break dancers all you know, got together and Spit was a hater. And every time somebody threw up a good, a good uh, burner, a mural, he would write Spit across it. That's why it's also where Biggie gets the line. If I die on the train tracks like Rainbow and Beach Street, that's where he gets that line. So that's from Suicidal Thoughts, track 11, Ready to Die. Um, I think that's it for this week. I'm not going to drag it out. Uh, just going to wrap it up and call it a night. I appreciate it again. Y'all rock with me. Uh, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, SoundCloud, Anchor, Back in the Class Podcast. Uh, I'm out. Peace.